Welcome back to Mormon Talk, everybody. Welcome, welcome. Hey, it's Alejandro, and I'm here too. Hi, uh, Alejandro. Welcome. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank Dave, a.k.a. Alejandro. <laughs> Is that your new name? Yeah, well, you know, I got... Yeah, I got That's a lot of personalities name. that, yeah, for today it is. For it's today. his new, no, it's your, it's your new name, right? Uh, yes. Your new name Alejandro. shall be known as Alejandro. Alejandro. <laughs> All right. So, doing baptisms for the dead real quick. Did you, I, I'm sure that the two of you were involved where it was this long litany of Spanish names and mm -hmm. the old guys that were baptizing us got them all screwed up. I'd like <laughs> to baptize you for on behalf of Alexandro. Alexandria. Alejandro. Exactly. Who, who is dead? Who is dead? <laughs> what the hell are we talking about today, Michael? Yeah, that seems to be the question, doesn't it? Uh, Does. Are we Christian? Are, are we? Well, I, I constantly speak in the present tense, don't I? Yes. Are Mormons Christian? That's the are question. Are Mormons Christian? If you guys, if all, all of you listeners remember those wonderful, wonderful uh, experiences when someone, a friend, a colleague, a family... Uh, would say, you're not Christian, Mormons aren't Christian, and we would get all uppity and we'd be like, well, I, how do I, I worship the Lord and Savior? He is, it's only through Christ and he, through his atonement, and we, you know, bear so our testimony. Only, only yeah, Jimmy yeah. Stewart can worship Christ. Yeah, that's, <laughs> a, that's right, you see, oh, Christ is my Savior. Oh, it's <laughs> You are the one true Christian walking the planet, sir. I applaud you. Well, well thank you. Thanks. <laughs> uh, yes, but that—that—that's uh, yeah. what we're talking uh -oh. about today. Are we? We, just, we got so defensive. I did. Oh yeah. You know, and and really, why why is that uh, an offense? Well. Uh, just look at the name of the church for Christ. Oh, wait. I mean, for <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, I mean, no, sorry. It's got a name in the church. Exactly. So what we're, we're going to be breaking down, because Christianity can mean so many different things in today's world. People, people call yeah. so many things Christian. And what we're going to do is we're going to basically go back to the beginning of uh, the beginning of time. Not that far. Um, Back in the early days of Joseph Smith and the early church. Billions of billions years ago. Billions of years ago. Um, and compare basically how the church's view on Christianity, the Trinity, etc. Transformed, progressed, whatever you want to call it. I wouldn't call it progress. I would say degress. Uh, regress. Like regress. <laughs> and regress. Not, not to the attention of any of the members. And that's an interesting facet of this is the fact that through the generations and some things are lost generationally, of course, mm -hmm. always, uh, mm -hmm. there was no, Oh, hang on. 
this isn't what my grandpa was taught or even my dad. Oh, okay. No, no, no red flags, no, uh, adjustment notices going off. Beep, beep, beep. They're making another adjustment. Beep, beep. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it is interesting how the members, or if they did have questions, uh, you know, we have some records during the Brigham Young days, especially when people would, would speak up and suddenly they either disappeared or Roberts, their wife and children were taken from them if they were a man and, and given to someone else, or they were sent out of the state to go march through angry Native American territory, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, and I think it's important yeah. also to preface this with a little, uh, I I don't consider myself Christian. I don't, uh, I'm more agnostic um, but this is such a fascinating subject and I won't speak for either of you, but it's such a fascinating subject because this is what we were presented with so much of our membership. Um, we claim and we believed with all of our hearts that we, we were very much in the truest sense, Christian and the only true Christian. Well, again, Oh, there you go. The only true Christians, because possessed of a restored gospel that doesn't even remotely <laughs> represent it. And I wasn't there. You know, I'm kind of old, but I'm not quite 2,000 years old. So I really, I wasn't there. I know it comes as a shock, I'm but shocked. we do have record. Yeah, I know. So, yeah, <laughs> uh, we do have yeah, record. Bible. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and others, uh, Pliny yes. and... Let's not go on into that, but uh, yeah. Well, as you can see, there's lots to talk about. But before we do that, why yeah, don't we, Mike? Uh, yeah, yeah. I think we're gonna have to have some of LDS, LDS Church in, in the new right up the old canoe. Oh man, it got worshipful. God, yeah. I feel yeah. you know. I feel God's oh, presence. Spirit. Yeah, I feel right the spirit now. too. Something within uh, me moves. You. Oh wait, you. never mind. Yeah. The oohs and the o's. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I actually hear the spirit if I quiet myself. <laughs> oh, never mind. <laughs> oh, that was, yeah. That was, yeah, never mind. <laughs> it's a common mistake. It's a common mistake. <laughs> okay. Uh, here, here we go. <laughs> from abc4.com so abc in utah mm. the church of jesus premieres quote friend to friend broadcast saturday utah is- abc4 so in accordance with the leaders of the church children are invited to watch a worldwide premiere called the friend to friend broadcast on saturday on February 20th, this would be yesterday. Dang it, I missed it. Must be, I'm sure it's recorded. Church leaders oh, extend yeah. a special invitation to the LDS community to watch a new broadcast that aims to encourage children to follow Jesus Christ. Uh, really? Jesus? And serve oh. others as he did. And that's part of our topic, actually. It are they perfectly. Yeah. 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 Jesus? Or are they following the prophet? That's bum, bum, bum. So a couple tidbits out of this article. Quote, the Savior asked for the children to be brought to him, unquote. Shares President Joy D. Jones. Except for the gay ones. 
Yeah, that's right. Uh, <laughs> you're interrupt the middle of my sentence, though, Mitch. I, I had to. I had to. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. That's usually my job. So. Yeah. Damn it. Uh, now both of you have that job. <laughs> Let's try this again. The savior asked for the children, except the gay ones. Call it to Mitch. Thank you. To be brought to him, shares President Joy D. Jones of the church's primary general presidency, referencing scriptures about the life of Jesus found in the New Testament and the Book of Mormon. Two contradictory sources. <laughs> Actually, you know, I take that back. I take that back. The Book what? of Mormon, and we'll get into this a tiny bit today. The Book of Mormon, the doctrine around Jesus and the Trinity, etc., is very, very, very close to evangelical Christianity. Yes. Or to Protestant, you know, Christianity. I, I don't really see any differences, just a tweet yeah, here and there. But, very, yeah. very close. And it would change over time. And that's part of our episode today. Yeah. Uh, quote, this event is an opportunity to bring the children to him with a capital H for them to have an experience to draw closer to him, fill the spirit and fill that special love that is there for each and every one of them, Sister Jones adds. The core message of this whole event is that we can help just like Jesus, and that by following his example, we can help others and make our communities and our families a much better place where we all feel the love of the Savior, unquote. You know, there's a couple footnotes here. One of them, if you follow down, it's a footnote to um, feel the special love, and you scroll down to the bottom of the page and it says, see Bishop interviews. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. That's, uh, that's not the kind of special love. I hope some of you. I see story. what you did there. Where's Frankie? Why isn't he, is he asleep again? Frankie he is. Come on. Come I'm going to throw, I'm going to throw something at him. Let's see if he wakes up here. Ah, oh, yes. there he is. Uh, that Frankie, that deserved a lot. You should have, you should have uh, done that a lot sooner, man. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, he's awake now. Looks like he's apologizing. He's mouthing the words "I'm sorry." Yes, that's not what I got. But um. <laughs> well, he's got something else in his mouth, and it. Does, I don't want to. It it's cylindrical, and no, I'm not going there. Oh, <laughs> there's smoke coming out of one of the ends. So yes, all right. Yeah, yeah. He threw you a drum roll. The interactive broadcast for children, similar to the church's face-to-face -face style events. Oh, there's another footnote there. Face-to-face. -face. See Bishop interviews. Huh? Wait, we'll have <laughs> motherfuckers. What's this face-to-face? We'll, -face? <laughs> we'll have President Russell M. Nelson, Elder Ulysses S. Suarez of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles, and members of the Primary General Presidency, all sharing Christ-centered messages. I think we've kind of gone into this as much as we need to. Uh, this is pretty much the thrust of the message. It says, uh, I had to share this last piece, though. Quote, this was an initiative that was conceived long before COVID even came, says Sister Lisa L. Harkness. Oh, revelation. revelation. Primary general presidency. Yeah, listen, she, she kind of couches it in that style. She says, quote, we counseled among ourselves how can we better reach the children of the world? Why don't we do a face-to-face -face but call it friend-to-friend -friend and have it more child-friendly? Why don't you just call Aww. it a, bishop, a bishop's interview? <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
Although those are child unfriendly, I think, oh, <laughs> in my oh, opinion. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Uh, anyway, guys, uh, that's the LDS Church in the news. Woo! Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> and that 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 does like line up perfectly to what we're talking about without getting going and too so, far down and that so road. Have you checked your, you know, different places in your house for bugs, Michael? Because they're obviously spying on us. I mean. Yeah, I they know where we're cool. going, and they yeah. they want to be one step up because that's wait no they've never done that they've always been one step behind actually mm-hmm. oh reactionary reactionary yeah oh yeah. some yeah. shit hit the fan go get the cleanup crew it's never been oh shit is about to hit the fan <laughs> not really has it uh, no, no I think no, it's really, been no. very reactive yeah it's been very reactive. reactionary which is uh kind of one of those extra proofs that there is no revelation right coming on <laughs> anyway okay. no, foresight. no foresight no for- foreskin what what uh, do you want to get into formation soldier get into formation <laughs> into formation now it's time for your your okay this first one is different i do not recall anything published under the title, but it's italicized Priesthood Bulletin. So there must have been a newspaper, uh, something entitled Priesthood Bulletin prohibits women from praying in sacrament meeting. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's the, that's wow. all I have on that. That makes sense, though. It, oh, of course. Of course. <laughs> We're in 1967, by the way. We're in the middle of the summer of love. So all you women, sit down, shut the fuck up, okay? No more <laughs> praying and, and cover your boobs, for Christ's sake. What the hell is going on in here? Christ is up there like, no, please, not for my sake. <laughs> you know, again, love. we talk about the churches changing. Obviously, that one changed at some point, right? Because oh, yeah. we grew up, women were saying prayers and sacraments. So yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Six okay. seven. Okay, let's let's move into August. August sixth, first counselor Hubie Brown receives a call from the Salt Lake Police advising me that four carloads of Negroes armed with machine guns and bombs are reported to be coming to Salt Lake for the purpose of inciting a riot and particularly to destroy property on the temple block. Can you imagine why that might be happening? Because they're spawns of Satan. Oh, that's right. They come come from Cain. Yeah. After all, they are Cain's seed. So what would you... And they couldn't make up their fucking minds in the pre-earth life, so... Yeah. Yeah. You that's... waffling bastards. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. I love mm. I love some of my favorite people on the planet have been my friends who are of black skin. Yes. I the curse of Cain. Yes. I'm a Canaanite <laughs> disguised in a white whatever. <laughs> okay. August, first presidency letter. It appears, oh, you're going to love this. It appears 
that some bishops and branch presidents remove the names of inactive members of their ward or branch from the church rolls in order that the ward or branch statistical records may present a better showing. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, that's perfect. That oh, my perfect. God, that is Mormonism. It's, yeah. it's the way things look. It's not the way things are that matters. It's only that, the way things look. Make it all pretty. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. yeah. yeah. Shine it up. Okay. A real quick one. September establishment of the new position of regional rep to the 12. And I met oh. a few of them and yeah. I didn't know that's, that's how early that happened. Okay. Hmm. This is big and we, we cannot uh, allow ourselves to go on a detour here, but this is really big. <laughs> Uh, November 27th, New York Metropolitan Museum of Arts gives to the LDS Church the Egyptian papyri upon which Joseph Smith based the Book of Abraham in the Pearl of Great Price. Egyptologists, LDS and non-LDS, verify that these papyri are typical book of breathings in form and content. And to follow up with Jowls, who howls and growls, their <laughs> only role was a catalyst for Smith's revelation about Abraham. What a fucking uh, again, I can't I can't go there. Hold on a second. That's what they said back then? Then. Wow. Yeah, I did not know. I thought that was a more recent uh, yes. twist. Uh, you know, apologist. Hey, we've been thinking about this for years, and we don't know what to do with it. Oh, I know. No, he just had to look at those characters, and it gave him a revelation about Abraham. Uh, That's not what Joseph himself said. He said this <laughs> was a direct translation yeah. okay. going back yeah. to got, how it feels how do you how do you feel when you read the book of abraham it doesn't matter if it's accurate if you feel warm and fuzzy inside it's true look you know i don't I, you need to do holland uh mitch you know about not knowing where it came from but just knowing it's the word of god well, i'm not a dodo we don't know where this book <laughs> came from all we know is that it was a catalyst for more revelation. That that, that was like <laughs> yeah. a mix of uh, uh, Monson at the end. Revelation. Yeah. Very <laughs> okay, I'm going to share one more because, again, uh, the time. We're going to move into 1968. This is a extremely tumultuous year yeah, uh, yeah. in in the United States and elsewhere. Okay, March 16th, U.S. troops in Charlie Company. And I don't think I'm going to cry here, but one of my good friends at work was at this incident. He served in Vietnam. Let me back up. U.S. troops in Charlie Company massacre four to 500 civilians at the village of Miley or May Lai, however you want to pronounce it, in South Vietnam. One of the soldiers later says that he does not participate until he sees his Mormon buddy, recently returned from a, a, his mission, shooting women and children. 
Oh my God. So if it's okay for him to do it, I guess I'll join in because he said he was a recipient of the one and only true religion on the fucking planet. And it's okay to slaughter innocent people. I, uh, I, we, we can't go there. Uh, my buddy broke completely broke down in front of me relaying that, uh, uh, fuck relaying being there and they did not understand what they were doing. They were, it was like an out of body experience. It's the best thing I could, you know, Okay. Yeah. yeah it's, that's a whole nother topic. Sorry. Guys. Yeah, that's, that's, that's so fuck. Yeah, that's heavy, heavy shit. It does make me think quickly back to mountain meadows and okay, there you go. Um, you know, Mormons completely overcome with somebody else's agenda yeah. to the point where you, you've let all your conscience reason go, go yeah. to the wind. It's gone. Yeah. 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 Wow. Okay, yeah. sorry guys, that was kind of a bummer, but well, you know, and modernize again, modernize it not to go way down a rabbit hole to your point, but if you think of that episode where I got really pissed when Oaks was talking about how, you know, hey, sometimes God intervenes. Like when <laughs> oh, the hurricane hit the Philippines and killed oh, hundreds, God. hundreds of people and our, you know, nobody got hurt that was there for the temple. Like, oh. All the important people in God's eyes were spared because they were oh, in the one true church. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Yeah. Go on, Dave. Ooh, I'm done. No, I can't. I, I'm done. Believe me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, there's another subject there, and that is the conflict for a soldier to believe and follow his religion as opposed to believe in following his government. Mm-hmm. And, and well, so you have I, the irony I, I hit on that. Yeah, the irony. Yeah, you've got yeah. the irony that they talked about some of the stories they've shared, even about World War II, the famous ones where the Germans and the Americans were on the battlefront. Yeah, and, same thing. Same thing. Yeah, and disregarding this, the ones that I I don't even know if they happened. Maybe they did. The Christmas one or whatever. That you know, all these faith promoting stories. Right. Regardless right. of all of that, you've got these two sides on the battlefield. Many Germans were Christian. Many of the soldiers. Many U.S. definitely soldiers were Christian, and they're both shooting each other. For, you know, with the same God supporting them in the back of their minds, right? So, I I don't know, man. Um, uh, it's yeah, a mess. It's always a it mess. Really well, and- you know what we're doing? We're <laughs> supporting our own position. Yeah, of a god mm-hmm. godless universe seems to be, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah seems are. to be. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, Dave, for the for that you know, <laughs> fucker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Always my favorite segment as well. So. Yeah. Well, Thank it you makes you it makes us laugh, it makes us think, it makes us surprised sometimes. And this is all the same church that we're talking about here. Yeah. So wow. it's interesting. I'm excited. Let me just say it. This is was Mitchell's idea, if I'm correct. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, but we've all thought about it. And it's a subject, you know, that uh we've all wrestled with as an active Mormon and then having left the church to what degree are Mormons actually Christians? Yeah. 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 
in whose interpretation of what a Christian is. That's the whole thing right there. Yeah. Who's to say, yeah. oh, no, this is the only true Christian, because apparently Joseph Smith was told in the Grove, they're all corrupt. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I've got a mainline for you here. Spank, spank that wrist, because here it comes. We're going to mainline you. Whatever. Which, interestingly, and we'll, we'll talk more about this as we get into more of the topic today. Interestingly, they're all corrupt means that the first iteration of Joseph's church was also corrupt because it was almost identical <laughs> yeah. to every other Protestant religion. Great point. You basically just summed <laughs> yeah. up the whole damn podcast. Right? <laughs> hey, oh, yep. bitch. Damn it. I took the wind out of everybody's sails. <laughs> no, no. It's, no. We it's... got plenty to chew over here. Oh, yeah. Speaking of getting this started, Henry Irene, uh, crying as we lovingly call him, mm-hmm. uh, he wanted to start off our episode today, Mitch. So, oh, really? Okay. Yeah, he sent, he sent in a recording. He asked me if I wouldn't mind playing it. Oh, I said, man. sure. I think they do this for us sometimes because they have this little, it's not really hidden, agenda of telling our listeners to come back to the church. Mm, well, they're, yes. they're pretending yeah. to be on our side somehow. Think about that. Somehow, like they're co- collaborating yeah. with, the, with the enemy, right? <laughs> Hoping to plant seeds, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Well, we know many of them have successfully planted seeds. I mean, you know, look uh, at uh, let's not Brigham Young. The reproductive <laughs> part of- <laughs> Oh, okay. Here we go. Ready? Here's Irene. You might reasonably wonder why a loving and all powerful God allows our mortal tests to be so hard. He knows that we must grow in spiritual cleanliness and stature to be able to live in his presence in families forever. To make that possible, Heavenly Father gave us a Savior and the power to choose for ourselves by faith to keep his commandments and to repent and so come unto him. The Father's plan of happiness has at its center are becoming ever more like his beloved son, Jesus Christ. In all things, the Savior's example is our best guide. He was not exempt from the need to prove himself. He endured for all of Heavenly Father's children, paying Christ for all our sins. He felt the suffering of all who have and will come into mortality. Yeah, so my favorite phrase here, uh, if you can, con- I'll let you control your tears, Mitch. I know yeah, that's very- that was really touching. Wow. <laughs> my, favorite little- <laughs> my favorite little phrase in all things, the Savior's example is our best guide. That's my favorite phrase. And that Which example we- is yeah. reiterated where? Exactly. That's, that's trustworthy. <laughs> How do we really know? <laughs> I and I don't want to go all the way back to base one, but do we really know that the man exists? So let's not go there. Well, That's not yeah. what we're talking about. Okay. Let's assume but, he did for a second. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, and so this is this is the topic, a big part of the topic today. If Jesus is your is his example is your best guide, what pieces of that example are you saying that you're following? <laughs> Hang and on, let me wipe the snot off my upper lip here. Hang on. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah, that no, was I, I was right there with you, Dave. I had a yeah, bunch of snot on my upper lip I as well. 
that's that's yeah. a little TMI, guys. I mean, come come on now. Let's fudge see. you, Mike. Fudge you. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, uh, that's the thing. What did you what took the your emotions? How in the hell are you ever going to find out if something is true if you can't feel it? Come yeah. on, Mikey. <laughs> I'm sorry for that. <laughs> I think you pointed out something true. Uh, I put it in my emotions. How <laughs> can I ever find the truth now? I've been burying my emotions. <laughs> I would like to bury my testimony. <laughs> I would like to bury my testimony. <laughs> we bury, all bury our testimonies. Bury you. Oh, that's clever as fuck, dude. Bury oh, you, my testimony. Bury my testimony. <laughs> bury you. I'd like to bury you. No. Bury my as, as a kid, I remember the phase thinking that that's what everyone was saying. I would like to bury my testimony. Put <laughs> <laughs> it directly in each and every one of your hearts because I love you so much. Yeah, I, I can't even remember why. I, I mean, I, a kid's brain. I think I was right. thinking of the parable of Christ giving his followers the money. What's that? The parable of the, what is it called? The, the talents? Might, the talents, yes. And one yeah. of them, And for some reason, I'd always be like, they're burying their talents if they're burying their testimonies. Why are they <laughs> burying their talents? Christ would not be, he would not be pleased. <laughs> he would not be pleased. <laughs> So when I bore my first testimony, I was like, I would like to flaunt my testimony. (laughs) (laughs) As many do. And then you get to find out where they went for vacation for the last six months. Yeah. 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 That was my favorite time. Yeah. So what what do we (laughs) think Jesus' example was, if that's the perfect example to follow? Because in the Mormon church, it's not quite like the Jesus other people know exactly and my other favorite phrase that iring said is he too had to prove himself he died to prove himself it's like oh so so christ atonement he had to prove himself it was it was a test for him too wait a minute right? i never thought of that so in yeah. his his act of atonement including gethsemane he What's not what? only saved all mankind, he saved himself. Yeah, yes. it was about the love. Fuck? Why have it wasn't I never about love at all, Dave? It wasn't about love. Wow, it was about only, only begotten or only forgotten? Because that's what love is, right? Love is just proving ourselves. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. right. Yeah. Of I love you. Prove I it. I, I'm sorry, I questioned that. I'm yeah. Sorry. Yeah, it's kind of like the Greek gods. I mean, we lay, you know, we just lowly mortals were just pawns in the game and rightly you know, so i'm happy to be a pawn i love Jesus. when the gods grab me it's so good oh um <laughs> i i want to be the kraken unleash the kraken yeah um wow uh <laughs> sorry I'm, we're all over the fucking place already god's sorry grabbing guys. People. yeah the gods grabbing Mitch, just well, so. moving moving me around. It's just a wonderful experience. Oh, dear God. Yeah, so, like, <laughs> Jesus was just trying to prove himself to Zeus. I mean, I mean to to Elo, Elohim. Um, yes. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. All right, so to the actual topic. <laughs> <laughs> That's related. It's related. So, 
There's four time periods we're going to talk quickly about in the remainder of the episode here to kind of compare and contrast the differences in the Mormon concept of Jesus and his saving grace Mm -hmm. and the doctrine of the Trinity, this kind of stuff compared to actual lay Christianity is Mormonism Christian is kind of the question here. And there's four kind of time periods that we have documents and evidence. Right. There's not a clear line of division, but there are clearly four, four different periods. I guess that's what you'd call them. I mean, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. And it starts with the early Joseph Smith era, and we'll run through a couple things there. And then the late Joseph Smith era, right up before he died, there were significant changes, even while he was alive. Pioneer Mormonism is another period, and then kind of current day Mormonism, and, Orthodox. And as we all we ex-Mormons know, all we heathens know, uh, the church, the Mormon church constantly changes. So it, it's just funny to think as a you know, seeing the big picture out of the bubble of Mormonism, they change everything. Yeah. So why not change their view on Christ himself? Right. So it, go it ahead and stick around for number five. <laughs> if, if we've got four already, yeah. oh hell, I'm not, I'm not leaving till I see number five. That could <laughs> yeah. be the new improved Christ. Yeah. The yeah. Mormon neo-orthodoxy as it were. Right. <laughs> um, that's kind of what we're getting into really the new narrative you could call another time period. So let's real quick, and it's hard for me to not mention this as Joseph was (laughs) making shit up. And I don't know how else to say that in his early years, he had to follow something that would be accepted. Hence he followed the norm, basic Christianity of that time. And then later not jumping ahead, but later said, well, if it's just another church, that's not good enough. We've got to have some kind of uniqueness. So Kolob and all this other shit enters in. So I'm jumping ahead, but... And you make up a good point, though, Dave. I agree with that as well as this idea of competition. It seemed like there were so many religions rising up of like with this magical worldview of like, oh, well, well, I have plates. Well, did he, did God appear to you? Yes, he did. Well, was he? Did, did, did the father appear? What do you mean? They're the same. No. No, no, no they're not. They're, they're two separate beings. Wait, 10 years ago, you said they were one. Right, right, right. Elitism. Right there from the very start, you nailed it, Mitch. That elitist view or the aspect of we've got something not necessarily different, but very special. Yeah. It mm-hmm. and only we have it, and so you're going to have to yeah. comply with with uh, Freemasonry. And okay, well, Michael's takeover because we're <laughs> <laughs> well, that, came, that came later. And I'm reading yeah. here from uh, one of our beloved sources, Wikipedia, uh, which I donate to, by the way. I make a yearly small little voluntary thing today because they are a great resource. And so, you know, you know it just reminds me, Mike, that uh, of that, that scripture in uh, the Bible 
Christ condemns the Sadducees and Pharisees for beating their chests after they give a donation. It just, it's not becoming, you're just standing in the congregation, beating your <laughs> chest and praying and saying, look, look at my donation. Aha. And uh, I'm just well, letting you know that Christ look, frowns upon that. You need to join the Mormon church. He is buying himself a special recliner in heaven with the word Wikipedia on it. <laughs> Don't you understand where this is going? I was just trying to encourage our Sorry. listeners to consider donating a good source. <laughs> it, it's true. I, I had to make a jab at Mike, but yes, please donate. It's a good, it's a good cause. Yeah, I mean, and if anybody feels like it, they could throw a dollar a year or something to us. Right? Whoa, hey, whoa, whoa, hey, that's getting even close to Mormonism. Yeah. I would agree with Mike and say, even if you can't buy a loaf of bread, if it's between that and supporting our podcast, support our podcast, so man. We we really don't care that your house is completely underwater. They're freezing to death in Texas or any of that shit. Hey, that's a loving God showing up for you. We need your money. Okay, just think right. of us be very clear about that. Yeah. Just think of us as the Trinity. Three separate. We are the one. <laughs> I can't even hey. say it. Oh my God! Shut the fuck up, both of you. <laughs> Let me fucking read. Yes, sir. Yes, that that was Elohim. Yes, that was the Elohim. voice of God right there. <laughs> it is well. Please continue. <laughs> <laughs> a couple of quick sentences to sum up the early Joseph Smith era. Mormonism arose in the 1820s during a period of radical reform and experimentation within American Protestantism. This is true. And Mormonism is integrally connected to that religious environment. So let's not forget Mormonism is tied to American Protestantism. As a form of Christian primitivism, the new faith was one among several contemporary religious movements that claimed to, quote, restore Christianity to its condition at the time of the Twelve Apostles. Uh, Mrs. Mm. Baker, uh, the Jehovah's Witness, don't they, isn't that their bent on it, that their Green Dragon Bible is a, a new restored version? And then Eddie, Eddie Baker, what what the hell's her full name? Uh, religious Science? Um, don't know okay well you put it out there so i was just trying to think of yeah. the ones that that did claim to be restored and yeah, yeah and, and several even yeah. at joseph's time uh, a big theme were restoring christianity to its condition as it was of the 12 apostles so mm -hmm. anyway uh that idea was not unique to no. joseph mormonism no. and no, we were taught no. as members that that was one of the unique things mm -hmm. is that we were restoring christ's church and Actually, wasn't very unique. No, it really wasn't. And then they kept um, adding no. offices, and and again, I'm going to run way ahead of myself. But each time they said, "Well, you know, Paul talked about evangelists. Well, that's that's this office in our present church. They just had a different name for it." Huh. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so when we bring to bear kind of one of our main themes of the episode, the nature of the Trinity, the nature of Christ, our Mormons Christian, the nature of God at the very beginning of Joseph's creation of the church was very Protestant, very Trinitarian, uh, very Nicene in its nature. And the Book of Mormon itself, ironically, the same way. Yeah. 
and they are one God. It's right there in the in the preface. Is that the word for it? The uh, well, uh, the, the testimony well, the, of the uh, witnesses and so forth. Well, and there's those famous verses, and we should have looked them up. Maybe somebody will while, while the other is talking well, in the Book of Mormon. The, on the Father, and He is the Father and the Son, and they are one God. It Abinadi, Abinadi. Yeah. Of course, there's no way the apologists have to damn near God hang them. I don't know what they do. Right to back, twist back. that around <laughs> and make it sound like something other than what it says. It's it's yeah, incredible. It's, this is funny. There's a couple passages here just during this early uh, Joseph era. A statement in lectures on faith is used to defend the belief that uh, the early Mormon theology was essentially Trinitarian. And the, the quote is, there are two personages who constitute the great matchless governing and supreme power over all things by whom all things were created and made that are created and made. They are the father and the son, the father being a personage of spirit, glory, and power, possessing all perfection and fullness, the son who was in the bosom of the father, a personage of tabernacle. So in the lectures on faith, yeah. the father, according to Joseph, is a personage of spirit. Right. Hmm. The son has a body. And so that's, that's Trinitarian. 100% yes. Jesus yeah. shows up in, in a flesh body representing the presence of the father. There it is. Yeah. yeah. So face. what does uh, Robert Millet, a famous uh, uh, apologist, apologist, have to say? Yeah. He says, oh, <laughs> Robert Millet suggests that Smith simply had not had God's physical nature revealed to him when he gave the lecture. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's convenient. <laughs> Here's our, our point. This is one of our favorites, right? Oh, my God. <laughs> Soft word. I'm going to read an actual quote from Millet. Soft words like possible or phrases like we're not, you know, we don't know or for some reason, right? Like why God reveals truth to his prophets, right? Why don't we know? So, so that I just keep that in the back of your mind, right? So here we go. It is possible. <laughs> right there. I just love that. It, just it is possible you. that Joseph Smith simply did not understand the corporeal or physical nature of God at the time the lectures on faith were delivered. His knowledge of things... Even though he appeared to him in the world. Even though <laughs> Yeah. Because I don't understand what I'm seeing. So he was on mushrooms. Okay, right. never mind. Never mind. <laughs> his yeah. knowledge of things like that of all men and women was often incremental, and his development and understanding was therefore a line-upon-line development. Oh, As a result oh, okay. of the first vision... The boy prophet knew that the heavens were no longer sealed, that Satan was more than myth, more than myth or metaphor, and that the father and son were separate and distinct personages. Uh, oh, that's it. I don't need to hear anything else. I'm convinced. Yeah. Yeah. The fact yeah, that he, just, couldn't see, yeah. he couldn't see through dad. Uh, <laughs> didn't tell him that he <laughs> wasn't the spirit, or <laughs> I don't know. What the uh, fuck? Oh my God! The mind fuckery. Uh, and so, a book that was the purpose. I, I believe it. It was obvious that this book called the Book of Mormon was going to be a means of income. That, yes, that, that's okay. right. Fact, and so yeah. it would. It could yeah. not confront or uh, battle what whatever the word is I'm looking for any 
of the said notions of of the local the the people in general in the in the area because we didn't I know this is a surprise. We didn't have the internet in 1830. And so you, it was horses. (laughs) And so it took a while for the word to get around. But the worst thing that could happen is that you're trying to peddle a book that's unsavory to the general public. Wait, what what the fuck is this? What, what is this chapter talking about? This doesn't sound like the New Testament. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Mitch, you have this article in front of you, I think. Yes. Uh-huh. I'm down to the other points of doctrine section of Joseph's early. Okay. Era. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. You want to so, share anything there? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, let's see. I don't want to mispronounce anything. Early Mormon, <laughs> is it? Is it? Soteriology. Soteriology. Is that how you say? Soteriology basically is the belief in salvation as being required. Uh, a way to get salvation as part of your religion. I don't think I've ever heard that word. Huh, yeah, neither have I. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Other points of doctrine. Early Mormon soteriology, although not following a pre-existing tradition, was generally uh, uh, Arminian in tendency. Early Mormonism agreed with Methodists and the Disciples of Christ in rejecting Calvinistic doctrines in favor of Christian perfection and free will, called free agency. Also, while the Book of Mormon affirmed the doctrine of original sin, it also agrees with other Arminian denominations that children are incapable of sin and in a state of grace. Like other Christian primitivists, Smith located the authority of Christianity in correct interpretation of the Bible. Although he also maintained, as did the Shakers, that interpretation of the Bible should be guided by new and continuing revelation. Initially, the authority of Smith's faith was based on correct doctrine and his own claim of prophethood. Then during the early 1830s, Smith added to his authority apostolic succession represented by angelic apostles and prophets who Smith said he had ordained him. Which they yes. could never agree on how that shit was going to work. <laughs> what you have here so far is you have something that's a mixture of other Christian churches of the day. Okay. But yes. you also have the first thing he kind of added that a lot, not a lot of people were doing is this apostolic succession concept as far as like, Yes, they believed that the church was Peter's or whatever, right? But right. or the priesthood came oh. to. But he's saying the actual apostles of old came to visit and gave yes. him. Well, yes. Peter, James, and John. John the Baptist was first with right. baptism. Peter, James, and John with the priesthood later. Yeah, and and so yes, that was unique, and that was fairly yeah. early on. And it was so important that it had to come after the fact. And with no date. <laughs> oh, and, and yeah. after yeah. the publication of the Book of Mormon, in which none of that kind of stuff is mentioned. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's oh, that. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Yes. Um, so then he starts changing shit. Yep. So you got the late Joseph what? era. Not even Joseph. more. Yeah, so from the mid-1830s to his death in 1844, he continued to introduce ideas and practices which differed significantly from traditional Protestantism 
so the one of the first things he introduced was the Christian perfection uh, concept. He pressed that beyond Protestant orthodoxy. This idea of Christian perfection, toxic perfectionism. There yes. it is. He introduced that. He pushed it beyond normal Protestant, you know, doctrine. Uh, he followed non-Protestant Christians in rejecting the doctrine of justification by faith alone. There it so is. That's one of the that's main the beginning. Differences. What year is yeah. there? A year timestamp? Uh, between eighteen thirty and eighteen forty-four. Well, I mean, he, yeah, that's yeah. Pretty, okay, that's true. Yeah, he, it, but there, this wasn't a unique teaching, though. That's the point. It wasn't a teaching by Smith. Non-Protestant. Really? Christians rejected the doctrine of justification by faith alone. So oh, universal, okay, sure. Calvinism. Yeah, universalism is three glorious heavens, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. justification by works with faith, this type of concept. He, yes. he adopted that. And then he introduced, so this is when he introduces crazy shit, right? Baptism for the dead in, eight, in the late 1830s. And he also taught the ordinance of marriage was required to reach the highest level of salvation, which was unique. And then he also introduced second anointing ritual. That was before his death. And uh, lots of critics say this was an attempt to retain the Calvinistic ideas of assured salvation. This second anointing. That's what I picked up on is the Calvinistic uh, texture there in Mm -hmm. his teachings. But I also see strong arm. I'm seeing almost the Soviet Union, the hammer and sickle kind of thing where control, 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 control. And the way I'm going to control you is this is the theology that you will abide by. And by the yeah. way, it keeps you under my thumb. Hello, Mick Jagger. Yeah, yeah. And and th- exactly. And this is where he departs. He, this is the big departure and where the question of are you really Christ- Christian comes from is in his later years, Smith differed from traditional Protestantism and his views on the nature of God and humanity. Eventually, Smith reduced the difference between God and man to one of degree. That was Correct. very blasphemous so, to most. Uh, oh, Christians. we are gods in the making. We, we, yes, we, from, yes. From, from the, the first moment, we were always yes. going to be or meant to become a god. And, yeah, and so only he, we can fuck that up. Only it's it, if if it doesn't happen, you fucked up. Yeah, so yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yep. So he taught both God and man are co-eternal and uncreated, meaning we've always existed. That's King taught, Follett, King Follett. Yep. Discourse, yeah. He taught that humans could progress to an exalted state in which they become co-equal with a God who is material, plural, and Himself a glorified man existing within time. Well, I I don't want to be with another yep. man forever. <laughs> it's okay. You'll you'll have several wives. It's okay. You'll Thanks. have oh, you'll have thousands, Brigham. probably millions. Thanks, actually. Brigham. God, and I this is where it starts to separate. This is where it gets more separated. Smith taught that both God the Father and Jesus were distinct beings with physical bodies. Now he adds a physical body to God the Father, and that the Holy Spirit was a personage of spirit. Oh, okay. So now you have two physical, one spirit. Because God had once been a man who had risen to a high position in heaven, humans too could progress to godhood. That was blasphemous. Such a teaching implied a vast hierarchy of gods who would rule kingdoms of inferior intelligences and so forth in an eternal hierarchy. Okay, I have a question. I'm going to throw it out here, and I've posed it before. 
by the way, there's a Frank Marino album with this title to it, and I love it because they're tearing apart a dragster and trying to put it back together on the album cover, and the title of the album is What's Next? <laughs> and, there you go. And, and so after you attain said godhood, what's next? Well, yeah, we don't know anything about anything beyond yeah. that and that's okay well well the, i just exposed the fallacy of your theology people yeah, the mysteries of god we will not know until we die and that's okay with me yeah yeah Th this time period is wrapped up with the following unlike the god of traditional christianity the god envisioned by smith did not create the eternal spirits of humanity this is something i didn't ever think of in this way as an active mormon but it's true he didn't create the eternal spirits of humanity. He only organized them and provided them with a plan to follow in his footsteps. So wait, that begs the question. What was our pre pre earth life before a pre earth life? Because we were artists. Did you oh, forget we the book of Abraham? That inspired uh -oh. document that reveals to us what we really you're are. Right. Our core. You're, right. you're right. I'm so we're sorry. Intelligences, actually. even though some of us are dumb as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. Once, once, uh, Thanks, once, Frankie. Shout once out. I, once oh. I read, uh, you know, reread the book of Abraham after it was said that it was basically not correctly translated, I kind of just stopped believing it. But that was my bad. I should have just kept feeling, <laughs> Come on, Mitch. feeling the spirit, as it were. Well, here's the intelligences quote. So God was God, not because he was an ex nihilo creator. Nihilo. Ex nihilo, yeah. Ex from nihilo nothing. Creator. Coming from nothing. Yeah. He wasn't a God because of that. It was because he had the greatest intelligence. That's oh, why wow. he being smart matters. Yes. Or is, is not intelligence too smart. equated with, with smart? No. If you get uh, too not smart. in this sense. Oh, you yeah, yeah. Then so you then we a get, smart ass. Okay. Then we get the pioneer Mormonism, and Brigham added all sorts of stuff to Brigham's, you know, poor, sad demise. I don't know what I'm trying to say there. Most, <laughs> of, his, most of his stuff. That was pretty that he, accurate. <laughs> most of the stuff he introduced, we don't have in the church anymore. <laughs> oh. Journalist discourses never look at those 26 volumes. Please never. <laughs> Read that. So some of the stuff it gives as examples that he introduced his doctrine, uh, the Adam God doctrine. God the Father was Adam. Yeah. So yep. Adam God theory, of course. Yeah. And then yep. he was exalted. Proponents of the doctrine believe that Father Adam was the subordinate member of a three God council. Wow. But created the earth as as oh, a subordinate man. member. Yeah. Fuck, yeah, I, Adam was I both, actually want to be part of something like that. That sounds cool. Yeah, Adam was both the common ancestor and the father of all spirits born on the earth. So he was the father of all of our bodies and spirits. And spirits. Reading it like this, just like in a very... It's kind of like, honestly, the CES letter. I mean, the, <laughs> whenever I read shit like this, that just like compiles everything about the Mormon church and its progression, even just on one point, Christianity. It's just like, it gets fucking crazy. Oh, crazier by the year. It's like, so they just kept making shit up. They were just like, well, wait, uh, well, and, and who can blame Brigham? Who can blame Brigham? And then they argued among themselves 
for years about the, these points of doctrine. They, they couldn't because, no, God, no, wait, God showed up as a spirit to one of them, but as a, a corporeal body to the other guy. And so that's why there's that difference. With, with that take, if you, if you look at yeah. Brigham Young, we, we often, you know, Brigham is like one of the most tyrannical leaders of the LDS church. But if you, if you look at, I, I look at stuff like this and I'm like, well, yeah, he was just like, well, Joseph was just making shit up, pulling it out of his ass. I should just do the same thing. God and Adam are the same. Oh, I got a good reaction out of that one. Uh, you, you, <laughs> you uh, Go kill a bunch of uh, other settlers because uh, of the blood atonement. Oh, all right. This is getting fun. All right. I'm going to make my own beer. <laughs> 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 and I'm going to run a couple brothels right downtown next to the temple. Yeah, and the yeah. and the church is going to lease those buildings for 50 years. Yeah, how nice. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, so uh this is the funny part to me with the Adam God thing. After ascending again to his heavenly throne, Adam returned to physically father Jesus by Mary. What the f- Fuck! I didn't remember yeah. that part. Wow. Yeah. So that Adam is Jesus's daddy. So then it starts getting becoming a time paradox. Uh, <laughs> can actually be a, a, be, like beam a, me a, up, Adam. Beam me up, Michael. I mean, Adam. Uh, I mean, Michael. We we could do that. That could be like a crazy, fun sci-fi religious series <laughs> based on the doctrine of Brigham Young, the Adam God Theory, rated R. <laughs> Yeah, you can call it Doctrine Who instead of Doctor Who. Yeah, doc- <laughs> Doctrine Who. Who who said this shit? What? Mitch, <laughs> oh, what's the point here? So that's that's Brigham, and then we get to modern Mormonism, and we change it still. Modern Mormonism. This is in the 20th century, the turn of the 20th century. There was a movement to codify LDS theology with official statements of church leaders which served to quash speculative ideas yes. that persisted as sub rosa concepts among some Mormons. Very so well there you have it. stated. So yes, that thank you. That I made definitely that up. are going to squash <laughs> and just make it go away. I've got yeah. a really big rug and a really big broom and we are sweeping shit under that. So that included plural marriage, the stopping of plural marriage uh, that stopped uh, around 1890 and and after 1904 it was pretty much done. And then uh, prominent Mormons such as Joseph F. Smith, John A. Widstow, and James E. Talmadge formulated the outlines of Mormon orthodoxy with publications significantly narrowed the realm of acceptable speculative Mormon theology. So basically the modern church as it stands today this is what all ex-Mormons are. <laughs> it's basically them saying that didn't happen. We, we, that didn't happen. It did, but it, it, it was, they were men. It was the time. It was, you've got the book of Mormon and the doctrine and covenants. Damn it. That yeah. can make lives hard <laughs> for the leaders and the, and the members. One of my favorite talks ever given was at the Ex-Mormon series, and I, I know I've mentioned this at least to Michael, and the title of it was, How the Book of Mormon Ruined the Mormon Church. <laughs> yeah, that's it was cool. spot on, man. Yeah, this statement 
captures a part of that with regard to the Trinity. It says Mormons are constrained by the language of the Book of Mormon to regard the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit as one, but consider this a social unity rather than ontological. Oh, we're just <laughs> so, friends. We're going to be friends. The Father, the Father and the Son are one uh, in a matter of speaking. <laughs> yes. And the fascinating thing, I mean, it's such a broad thing when we read uh, uh, an article like this that basically condenses so much that happened from the early church on to as the church stands today. I didn't recognize, uh, and I don't think any of us recognized as active members, the view of Christ and belief of Christ himself has changed. It's never been the same. You can't be like, well, we've always believed in Christ. No, you've believed in some versions of whoever the fuck you thought Christ was. <laughs> yeah, that's and, now, and now today, the modern Mormon church is clinging to this idea of, the, and, and this is what frustrates me, along with so many other ex-Mormons or disaffected members. They try so hard to pretend that they are so Christian. Mainstream. Ah, mainstream. mainstream. We only believe in Christ. We only believe through his atonement we are saved. And we just read that that's not the case. There's so no. much fucking shit that you have yep. to do to be accepted. You I want to be. throw something out there. How many people, as active Mormons, ever really understood what a Christ figure meant? They knew what they were being told over the pulpit, what was printed mm-hmm. in, in magazines and uh, you know uh, manuals and shit. But internally did anything ever really happen where they felt like he actually saved me i yeah yeah i don't think so very seldom very seldom yeah Yeah. it's more doctrine focused more joseph smith focused and we're going to talk about that in our next episode yeah leading up let let me end with with something that has been reworded and said by several philosophers, and it does fit. It would fit almost any podcast, actually. But think about accepting the things that you're being told. The position as someone who does accept, at whatever level, what they're being told. There are four stages of acceptance. Number one, this is worthless nonsense. And just Mm -hmm. think about that for a minute. Number two, this is an interesting but perverse point of view. Okay, number three, this is true but quite unimportant. And number four, I always said so. (laughs) And notice the wording there. It doesn't say it always said so. It's I always said so. So now it's yeah. being personified. I always knew the truth from the beginning, but mm-hmm. it went from this is worthless nonsense to I always said so in a very quick fashion. Just mm-hmm. very, uh, you know, you know, the process I'm talking about. And that's a part of um, the mind fuckery that allows you to accept what's taught in Mormonism and to actually believe that you're a mainstream mormon or i mean christian god damn it oh wait they're one and the same of course i said mormon in order to be saved in the mormon church if you take away let's put it to the test i'm going to ask my old self 
oh, my shit. old Mormon self. Hey, are will you be saved through Christ's atonement alone? And I would have said yes. I would have been like, yes, Christ's atonement oh, yeah. alone saves yeah. me. And yeah. in all reality, we just read that whole shitload of mess. And it's like, no, if you only said, do you only believe you're saved by Christ himself and nothing else? And they Mormons will say yes, as I would have, I'm sure as both of you would have. And the truth is, is no, you have to go to the temple. You have to have these saving ordinances. You have to go do all this shit to be saved. So ultimately the church becomes the savior. But it's a free gift. And so is it's the church. Free. So I don't see what the problem is there, Mitch. It's a free it's a as free as long gift. as you're paying your club membership. As long it's as free. you pay for it, but God gave you that money in the first place. <laughs> uh, really? Is there really some confusion here? So stay tuned you're right. you're for right. part two where Joseph Smith becomes our savior. Wait, and you just spoiled it. You just spoiled it. How dare you? It was obvious where we were going with this, wasn't it? Well, yeah. let, me, let me share in preparation for part two, because Mitch, you brought up this whole concept of salvation, mm-hmm. which is really one of the biggest cruxes that we see in lay Christianity, that the thorn in their side, so to speak, that, that where they say Mormons aren't Christian. Right? Mm-hmm. And uh, this Christian soteriology, which is the, the saving of human beings from sin and its consequences, that whole concept is very, very different in the Mormon church, which means the Mormon church's concept of Jesus Christ and his role is very, very different yes. than lately. Yeah. And the, the irony here is, again, early Mormons believed, <laughs> go figure, in the Book of Mormon, <laughs> which actually supports concepts like the Trinity, the Trinity, original yeah. It rejects universal reconciliation. So universal reconciliation is the doctrine that all sinful and alienated people, because of the divine love and mercy of God, will ultimately be reconciled to God. Universal it, it, it's akin to the rapture, if you think. Yeah, the book, of, the book of Mormon rejects yeah. that idea. Hmm. That's true. Uh, but yeah. Smith contradicted the Book of Mormon. <laughs> What? <laughs> no, no. And he, he suggested that damnation, in quotes, was only a temporary state, except for sons of perdition, oh, right? They were fuck. the only ones that would. And so you have this conflict between a book and its creator. And I'm mentioning that because damnation, reconciliation, these are all tied to Christ, right? Supposedly, the atonement of Christ. Damn and it. so, you know, we'll be familiar with this. And I love the phrasing here in the article. Although the grace of Jesus plays a role in salvation. (laughs) (laughs) Just just a role. It it just plays a a small role. (laughs) Each Mormon must, quote, work out his or her own salvation. There's the word right there. Through Jesus. Bringing it all the way back to Iring's, the snippets we played with Iring. Now I understand why when I would speak with a a mainstream Christian, They would, yeah, whatever they uh, uh, attributed their beliefs to in that realm, they would always be so upset when I would say we need, yes, faith is important, but works. It's also works. They'd be like, you're missing the whole point. And I, now I understand I'm not Christian, but I understand that Mormons, you have to prove 
your love to be accepted by Christ. You have to prove yourself. Yeah. And that That's goes true. against everything. Yeah. Everything it's, that it's mainstream Christianity it, stands for. It, it, you don't prove yourself. Opposite. You're saved. Yeah. It is the polar opposite. Yeah. yeah because what you're really suggesting there is that at some point, if you work hard enough, you can be good enough for yeah. the atonement to apply to you. And of course, that is a complete dichotomy of logic because <laughs> that was the whole point of the atonement to Christianity. Which, which stems right. right back to what you and Dave had that podcast, the shame sham. That, yeah. that it stems right to that. If you're not, if you're always trying to prove yourself, then you're in this constant state of unworthiness. You're never worthy until you're worthy, always. and that that won't be always. until after this life. You you do all the work now, and then hope. Oh, pray to God that you do it right, and then you'll be yeah. saved in the afterlife. Oh, it's like I hope I, God, I hope I didn't miss any steps. You're constantly unworthy for Christ's love in the Mormon Church. I'm going to close with a with an experience real quick. I was married to a very active Mormon woman for some years, and her father, biological father, stepmother would visit us at least annually on one particular visit. And I don't know why <laughs> this is a bad idea. They had recently discovered in their life what they called born again, Christian uh, uh -huh. ism, and they were all in it. And uh, she'd be walking around saying, you know, saying, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. That kind of thing going on. Oh, and he, he was more reticent. He's more logical, <laughs> quite frankly. Yeah. And, but we're on Temple Square and one of the elderly, not not that old, maybe maybe my age. See, not that old. <laughs> uh, true. Sister, sister Missionaries walks up and starts a conversation. And they both responded, no, we believe we're saved by grace. And she just looked at them with this horrid fucking look on her face and just said, oh, well, that's the easy way out and just stormed off. Like, you <laughs> fucking bitch. And I was an active Mormon. I said, where, who, where, who's your mission president? I seriously wanted to hunt that. Never mind. <laughs> she completely fucking offended them. Seriously. And, so, and what this goes back go. to, to be honest, we we <laughs> talked about this in a, a very recent episode. This idea of loyalty exists so deep in the church where even your loyalty to Christ, which we'll get into in the next uh, episode, which we all know, spoiler alert, it's not your loyalty to Christ that matters. But it's about loyalty. So for me, it's like, uh, I felt the same way. If you're not doing the work, if you're not, if you're not working your ass off to prove your worth and be accepted and find that love of Christ, then how dare you? <laughs> how dare, if you're not being loyal, oh, you have to do this, 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 and this to be accepted truly, then you're a fucking moron. Right? Yeah. And it, 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 yes. And it creates this divide and this mental, um, confusion, Schism. I think, you know, a lot of members Schism, because yeah. they're taught of things like the grace of Christ and, and his beautiful atonement and how wonderful and how much he loves us. But then in practice, they feel like they constantly have to earn that. And so it's like this constant divide mentally yeah. of, and, and it separates them from the concept of Jesus. They want to embrace him the way that he's taught to them 
but they don't feel like they can embrace him because he demands so, the, so much. The idea that man is that he might have joy. Uh, That's y- yeah, but really you just foreign. don't get any of that in this life. Okay. You yeah. worthless piece yeah. of shit. What were you <laughs> yeah. thinking? You don't get any joy in this life that, Oh no, I created you that you would experience joy somewhere. Sometime. Oh, <laughs> 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 you dumb fuck. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in essence. Yes. And the times that you get to feel his love and to appreciate that mercy and grace are these very temporary, very short-lived, you know, snippets. Tender and, mercies. They're tender mercies, yeah. Mike. And they're mostly <laughs> they're mostly just mind farts. They're they're mostly yeah. fabricated within your own conscious for survival yeah. reasons. Because you, yeah, you, right. you won't you won't survive if you David, keep on that's that not true. You're you're not oh, that's on. not coming from your mind. That's coming from Satan. And he's well, speaking to your heart right now. Thank you. Yeah. We live <laughs> next to each other. The motherfucker's <laughs> right on rent again, by the way. This guy is <laughs> Oh, dear Lord. Okay. okay. Well, uh, yeah. on that note, uh, thanks everybody for joining us. Yeah. Stay tuned for next time where we're going to dive into a lot more of what the savior complex of the Mormon church actually is, which, you know, well, thanks for, tuning in. <laughs> thanks for tuning in everyone. Hope you enjoyed the episode. We'll catch you next time. Adios. Woo!